Black Panther's claws are tearing it up at the box office, making this record-setting movie a main event in this review episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hey everybody, welcome to Cheerful Ghost Radio, and we like to start every month by talking a little bit about what we've been playing and what we're watching. Um, But before we start that, I wanted to say that you may have noticed that after the new season hit, the show is a bit different. One important part has changed and that our longtime co-host script has moved on. We've really loved having him on the show and some of the best moments at Cheerful Ghost were made side by side with him talking about video games. We wanted to thank him for his service and like Captain Curry, maybe come back and be a special ghost in the future. I think that would be great. So um, thank you, John. It's been a really great time. So getting over to what we've been playing and what we've been watching. And I'm going to start with Tim. What you've been playing what you've been watching so uh what i've been playing is uh still lots and lots and lots of uh zelda breath of the wild i think i'm just about through with the game i've completed 108 shrines Uh, i've only got like 12 more to go i've eaten three of the um divine beasts found like 350 something koroks um so there, I'm kind of running out of things to uh, to really do here, but I've enjoyed, you know, everything in the game so far. But uh, my next game is probably going to be Mario Odyssey, and I'm actually kind of looking forward to getting that started. As far as what I've been watching, um, do you do you buy do you okay. have Mario Odyssey? Did you buy that one? Or are you going to buy it before you play it? Or I mean, do you uh, buy it when you want to play it? I uh, I got it for Christmas along oh, nice. with Zelda. That's great. But I started Zelda and got thoroughly obsessed with that game so i I have not even opened uh, mario odyssey but um (laughs) that will be my next one Uh, as far as what i've been watching uh me and the wife are getting caught up on doctor who we uh, are on the the last season that is on amazon which was i think the most recent one um i know the new season is going to be starting up here soon but is bill the companion yes okay that's the last one before the new one yeah yeah so uh, we're trying to get caught up before the new season starts. <clears throat> and yeah, so that's that's pretty much what we've been playing and watching over here. Travis. Yeah, like Tim, I've been, well, I finished up Breath of the Wild uh, as much as I'm going to because <laughs> there are over 900 Koroks that you can find in the game, but you only need 400 to upgrade everything, and I don't really need those other 500 to feel a sense of accomplishment yeah. because those things are nuts yep. to find all of them. <laughs> Yeah, but, F trying to find all 900. Uh, yeah. I'm good enough just getting all the maxed up upgrades. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that game is amazing through and through. Uh, it's definitely one of the best games I've ever played. Um, finished that up about the same time as the new as uh, Bayonetta 2 was released on the Switch, which is one that I was kind of sad to miss on the Wii U because I didn't. That was one of the very few games I cared about on the Wii U, so I never bought one. But I'm loving playing that now. But the the Olympics kind of put a 
hit in my game time because we've been watching the hell out of some Olympics, but not something that I have been playing, but something that I've been playing with is this eight bit do eight bit do, however you say that, uh, SFC 30 pro controller. And I love this thing. The, the buttons are amazing and responsive and the sticks are great. The only problem that I have with it is that it has seven or eight different modes and it's kind of tricky to remember which one you're supposed to be going into. But if you keep the manual handy, that's fine. If you, if you're looking for a controller that you can play on almost anything on the planet and you want that retro feel, definitely pick one up. I can't recommend it enough. Um, as for what I've been watching aside from the Olympics um, and aside from Black Panther and Cloverfield Paradox that we're going to be doing some reviews of later, uh, Altered Carbon came out on Netflix. It's a first season and it was really good. It's gotten some kind of uneven reviews, but it's a really solid cyberpunk story based on a book of the same name. And nobody's really sure if we're going to get more seasons or not yet. But uh, it stars Joel Kinnaman as a guy who comes out of a 250-year, essentially, hibernation into a new body because you have these stacks implanted in your neck and you can switch bodies. It's a really cool show. Definitely recommend that. And just today we watched a movie called Mute on Netflix. It seems like Netflix is big on the cyberpunk lately, and this is another one in that kind of genre. And it's made by Duncan Jones, the same guy who did Moon, which I loved. And he also did Warcraft. Yeah, yeah. And it's aside from some really uneven pacing and plot, it's really good. I, I like the plot. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I was like hanging on the edge for what you're going to say because yeah. it's in my queue and I want to watch it. I, I'm so anticipating it. I really liked Moon a lot. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like I said, it's got some uneven plot and the pacing is off, but the story is great. The acting is great. It's it's it really sold it well. And man, there's some really terrible people in this movie, but I, I, I recommend it if you have some patience for some minor issues. Awesome. Oh, that sounds really good. So um, as for what I've been playing and watching, as for what I've been watching, um, I was recently flying home from a work trip and I saw a couple movies on the plane. I saw an inconvenient sequel, Truth to Power. It's the it's the sequel to um, an inconvenient truth, uh, the sort of the Al Gore PowerPoint movie that came out a while ago. Um, interesting story about that. My friend was. One of my friends was sort of making fun of Al Gore and said he was, you know, like global warming is a hoax and that kind of thing. And so I'm like, so I decided to go back to Inconvenient Truth that came out about 10 years ago. And I watched the movie and anytime Al Gore made a factual claim about um, about global warming, I wrote it down. And then after the movie was over, uh, he only made about six claims, actually, in the movie, if you watch it about or scientific claims about certain kinds of things that, you know, you know, at some point in the future, like this you know, icebergs going to be totally like, you know, um, totally gone, et cetera, et cetera. And one, in one of the cases in terms of Mount Kilimanjaro or whatever, um, it was, it was about eight years after the movie when I did this, um, it was almost all gone. Um, so like you, you could just track with that movie and see, see the claims he made then and how we've paced with them now. Um, and then you watch the inconvenient sequel and you note certain areas like in, um, Florida, for instance, 
are um, the sea levels are actually rising to the point where they're having to pump out water to get the streets right. And they're actually having to raise the streets um, because the sea levels are rising in Florida. Um, like for real happening now, mayors having to change roads. So I think this is one of the biggest issues of our lifetime that I don't think gets enough play. Uh, and the current administration, I know people are like, oh, you don't get political. Uh, this is an important topic. <laughs> and I recommend that you watch the movie um, because it, it doesn't matter what political party you're a part of. Global climate change is real. Um, and we um, and we ought help work on it. So um, I also saw another movie that was uh, it was about the end of the world and all that. But it was uh, but it was way less uh, depressing than that movie. It was Kingsman, The Golden Circle. And that was actually the sequel to Kingsman. And it was pretty good. You know, um, it was cool to see Juliana Moore as a supervillain. Um, and yeah, I mean, I like the movie a lot, you know, it, it wasn't, it's not, they're not my favorite, you know, movies, but they're fun. And so I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, a couple of Netflix shows, the, the last couple are, are all Netflix. So Netflix came out with a Chris Rock comedy special called Tambourine. Uh, if you like Chris Rock comedy, you need to watch this. That said, uh, it's really different and it's all about, um, a couple things. It's kind of about, you know, how he looks at uh, the police and being black and having daughters and being black in America. And it's also about sort of his recent divorce and kind of how he looks at relationships now. And uh, it's pretty dark, I would say, for a comedy special. And it's it's also doesn't really paint him in the best light when he's being honest about why it happened. But I think it's pretty cool. And I think it makes for a really interesting comedy special that I really, really appreciated. And I, and I kind of really like how he looks at being in a relationship and the whole idea around the point of tambourine. I don't want to spoil it, but um, it's a pretty interesting thing. So it's it's uh, it's it's vulgar and it's amazing. It's it's just incredible. You need to watch it. But if but again, if people drop in the F bomb or whatever bugs, you probably shouldn't see it. But you should. Anyways, it's just really fun. And then also Netflix, um, it's getting into all kinds of programming, including just these weird movies. I saw Jack Black in The Polka King. It's a movie about this um, one guy who is in a polka band who starts a Ponzi scheme. Um it's this like rise and fall of, you know, uh, this this person who has like the American dream and people invest with him and it's a total scam and he just bilks people for all their money. But he's just so charming that you don't you just kind of want him to succeed, even though he's totally not a good person. Uh, Jack Black is incredible and the movie's just a lot of fun. So if you're looking for just a fun movie to watch, um you know, the Polka King on the Netflix. I definitely recommend it. I mean, you know, it's it's a good movie. So in terms of the video games I've been playing, um, I can't quit Mega Man 2. Uh, I just was playing that a little while ago with my friend here, actually. And um, I just love it. It's so great. I was on the plane coming home. I played on my 3DS and I beat it in one sitting. Um, I'm getting to the point now with Mega Man where I'm really good at it without using any um, emulator, anythings, you know, like save states or whatever. And um, I can beat it just, you know, all the way through um, and uh, in one sitting. And it's so fun. I, I haven't quite gotten to a point where I can beat it all the way through without dying once yet. But I can definitely beat it all the way through with just one continue. So now the next step is beating it all the way through without 
um, without using a continue, and then it's beating it all the way through without dying once. And then I want to beat it all the way through without using inner energy tanks. You know what I mean? And that requires that you are like hitting every jump right. You're, you know, everything is timed perfectly. And then I want to get into speed running it actually. And I think that's the ultimate goal. So I think I'm a couple years off of, or maybe a year off of taking my personal best time and getting into speed running. So I'm really excited about that. I think Mega Man 2 is the game that I want to eventually get so get so good at that I could like have a personal best time, which would probably be about an hour and then see what I can do from there. Man, you got some crazy dedication to that game. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but like I got on the Nintendo Classic and I just can't stop playing it. It's so much fun. I love playing it again and just there's there's I don't know it's just, it's like one of the perfect games I mean it's not really hard once you know it but I guess that's like any game I guess but it's fun I sort of been taking out like you take out a Dark Souls game because you need to dedicate <laughs> or like the Binding of Isaac it's the same you just keep playing it until you get better um Chrono Trigger I've been playing that um I'm gonna step away from that game for a little bit because I'm near the end and I'm not really sure how to approach it this is one of those games that's that you can approach it from a bunch of different angles and I think I just I, I don't have time for RPGs as much. And this is why I like Mega Man, too. I can sit down and I can play it in little chunks. You know what I mean? Or I could just play a couple bosses. And uh, but with Chrono Trigger, it's like, you know, it's a pretty long paced RPG. I think if I'm going to pick up another game, it's probably not going to be an RPG. But uh, it's a fun game. It's fun. I just need to figure out how I'm going to approach it because there's so many ways you can tackle the end. Um, and then I've also been playing Mario Maker 3DS. There's a mode in that where essentially because you can't download any map in the game that anyone made you can only download a curated set um they put a new single player game mode in there where you basically go through the equivalent level set of a mario game but as you do it you unlock the creation tools as you move on like you know certain kinds of blocks and enemies and that's just been a lot of fun so just been playing that so yeah man Mega Man 2 i don't think i'm ever i don't know i I think i do want to start speed running it i don't think i'm ever gonna be the best but i don't know it could be fun it could be really fun so that's what I've been. That's what we've been playing, and that's what we've been watching. The revolution will not be televised. All right, everyone. Our main topic for discussion today is Black Panther, the new Marvel movie that is killing it at the box office, raking in millions of dollars, setting tons of records. I think and it's killmongering it at oh, the box hey-o. office. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> so, if you love Black Panther, now you get to hear even more about it from us. Black Panther is about T'Challa, the king of Wakanda, who rises to the throne in the isolated, technologically advanced African nation. But his claim is challenged by a vengeful outsider who was a childhood victim of T'Challa's father's mistake. Black Panther is directed by Ryan Coogler and stars Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, the Black Panther, and about a thousand other amazing actors that I feel like it would be unfair to list off a few of them and not all of them, so we'll leave it there. All right, so let's jump into our thoughts on Black Panther. John, what'd you think? I really enjoyed Black Panther for reasons that I don't typically enjoy Marvel movies because they're not usually this way. But ultimately, Black Panther focuses more first on the characters and the punchy action, like the punchy face punchy action, secondary, right? I think firstly, Black Panther, yeah, it's just it's a character movie. It's it's slow paced. 
the way that just which is really bold for um, for a Marvel movie to be that slow paced, I think. And I think it kind of rubs some people the wrong way. But I loved it. I mean, it, it took its time. It wasn't racing anywhere, you know. Um, and I liked how it was just so I don't know, it was so fresh and it was paced that way. And I really, really liked that a lot. So, yeah, that that's the first thing that I liked about it. And I think the other thing I liked is just that the characters are all so interesting. And I think Honestly, they kind of overshadow the main character T'Challa a little bit. Like I felt like in the first 70% of the movie, he wasn't the most interesting character on the screen. I think he becomes the most interesting character in the movie at the end. And I wonder if that was intentional, but just the side characters are so great. Um, And I think this is a Marvel movie where the bad guy is more interesting than the main character. Killmonger. I got his story, and by the end of the movie, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know, I, ju- I just, I I guess it's a spoiler, so maybe we'll we'll get into spoilers soon, so I don't really want to talk about that, but, but um, I don't know, I just love the, the, yeah, I just love Killmonger's character a lot, I thought Shuri was really good, who's Black Panther's little sister, I thought she shone, she's kind of like, um, she was probably my African- favorite part of the whole movie, I, I loved her. Yeah, she's like the 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 Wakandan version of Q, you know, from <laughs> from a James Bond movie. Um, Okoye, uh, Okoye, Black Panther's bodyguard. She was amazing. She's just some ass kicking great. And I thought um, Andy Serkis's claw was awesome. And he's come back. This is like the third or fourth Marvel movie he's been in as a bad guy. And I just love seeing him again. He's just so much fun. He's chewing on so much scenery. <laughs> yes. But I, I I think that ultimately this is a really special Marvel movie because it's finally showing that they're starting to address the grind, I think, that we're seeing in some of the other Marvel movies. You know what I mean? Where they're feeling very samey. And uh, this one doesn't feel samey. It feels fresh. Um, and I really like that a lot. And it gives... A perspective about a culture that you just don't see a lot um, in terms of like what people are calling Afrofuturism. I'm, I'm using that word. I I didn't come up with it or anything, but um, which I think is really really cool. And in a country that's not been um, has no effects of like white colonialism, you know. Um, in fact, they actually make jokes about it in the movie. Um, the Wakandans do. Um, as slams against uh, the white characters, which I find um, very, very fun. Um, but uh, no, Black Panther, wow. Just very, very cool. Very cool. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, I, I liked it a lot, too. And the villains were a, a, a big part of that. They were amazing. Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree with John in that uh, T'Challa was... I mean, he's a cool character. I liked him a lot in Civil War. Um, but I feel like he almost was outshadowed by everybody else. Um, the supporting cast for this was amazing. Everybody was doing a fantastic job in this movie. Um, props to whoever cast this. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the main villain's uh, claw, he was just so much fun to watch like every like you said he's chewing up scenery in every uh every part and i especially loved him in um the casino scene which was another which was probably one of my favorite parts in the movie 
but um yeah and then with killmonger it's like you you know what he's doing is kind of horrible but yet he's he's kind of charismatic and you sort of understand like why he has the worldview that he does and you exactly kind of like empathize with him a little bit yeah um i'm not sure he was entire like the interesting thing, can we just, are we going into spoilers now? I or think do you it's wanna... safe to go straight into spoilers. It's going to be yeah. hard to have yeah, an in-depth, in-depth conversation without going into spoilers here. Okay, so I think that it's interesting about um, Killmonger because I think he, it's funny because I think that he makes the Black Panther better. You know, because I think that if it wasn't for him, I don't think the Black Panther, I don't I don't think T'Challa would have did what he did at the end. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, he pushed, like, the the story along. And it's funny because this is the only supervillain who's more right than he's wrong. You know what I mean? And I think that's, like, you know, it's not cool to, like, wipe people out. But he's not wrong for what he's thinking about what went on, you know, and he's trying to save people. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I've never seen a movie where I'm like, well, if this guy wins, it's not like I don't understand it. You know what I mean? Or it's not like 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 there's some poetic justice for people that have screwed up black people for so long. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Or, Or not even just poetic, like justice in general. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, anyways, I'll kick it back to you, Tim. Sorry about that. Oh, no worries. Um, yeah, one thing that was cool is that because of Killmonger's actions, you know, T'Challa will never be the same. Wakanda will never be the same. So even though the villain, you know, dies and ultimately loses, he causes a permanent effect on, you know, basically the future of this fictional nation. And that's that's really cool, and I don't... I can't think of any other Marvel villain where that has been the case, where the villain like affects the hero that much and basically will have yeah. almost its own like like almost his own legacy in a way. Well, if you think about it, like at the end of Civil War, it does. But the main villain has a negative effect, kind of like the Joker, right? At the end of The Dark Knight, right? It was a negative effect. But um, uh, but Killmonger actually has a positive effect on the world at the end. Um you know what I mean? Which I think is to Ryan Coogler, the director like of this movie. Like, I think it's to who also wrote this movie. I think it's to his credit. It's like saying like, which I think is the more interesting part about supervillains, right? You, they're not evil because they love being evil. They're evil because they're trying to do good actually. And this guy was trying to do good. He just did it in a really, really bad way. So, yeah. 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 yeah and the effect that on the water world, being able to like, benefit from Wakanda's technology and also just on Wakanda itself because the the warring tribes the the tribe that it split off and I can't remember the name of it is kind of comes back in to the main like well at the end of it the the leader um what the, I can't remember what they were calling him gorilla yeah the basically the gorilla yeah he was right. gorilla guy right? sitting yeah. at the table. The, the with tribe them. that worshipped uh, Hanuman. Yeah, yeah. He was sitting at the table, like in the council there at the end. So, which was a really nice scene. Like just you know, two seconds tells yeah. you a lot of story. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I totally agree with what you guys are saying about everything. The the characters were 
amazing. The the but the culture of it, like the, you can see just how much research and care they put into building this fake culture that is believable. Like everything about it feels real, except for the advanced technology. And I, I really appreciated that the work they put into that. And oh my god, the costumes, dude! Yes, I can't get over how amazing the costumes were. They if were. the costume department does not win an Oscar, it will be a crime. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I'm sure they will, though. The it, it was so well done, so well done. And yeah, what you were talking about, uh, Okoye, Denai Guerrera. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. I I don't know if you guys watch The Walking Dead, but she's on that, and she. Is all has always been basically my favorite part of that show, but man, I didn't realize that she was kind of being held back on that show. She was amazing in this movie, and uh, Lupita Nyongo as Nakia, she was like, I, I liked actually seeing her face in something. You know, we saw her in Star Wars <laughs> as Maz Kanata, right. but yeah, she's right. Everybody, everybody just sold their part so well, yeah. I uh, I watched Walking Dead too, and actually, I didn't, I didn't recognize. Um, the actress at first, cause I'm used to seeing her with dreadlocks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, and at one point I even like, I, w- I watched it with, uh, my wife and a friend of ours. And at one point I whispered over and I was just like, I love this character, you know? And it was before I recognized the, the actress, yeah. but, um, yeah, she was a standout. So I've only ever read the walking dead comic books. Who does she play in the walking dead show? Michonne. Uh, Michonne. Oh, I, I was wondering if it was Michonne. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Michonne's a great character in the comic books and, so yeah, the ninja, ninja sword and all that. Yeah, she's awesome. She's yeah, she sure survive pretty. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> not not a lot of people survive in that. So. All right. Anybody have any more general thoughts about the movie? I just wanted one thing. I wanted to kind of just throw out there. I thought it was interesting that uh, like Killmonger, his whole um, his idea of how to you know um sort of uh, free and empower black, you know, people across the globe is to essentially basically like stoke armed rebellions, um, arming rebels. There's a lot of parallels between how he wants to try and liberate or liberate black people with uh, uh, America's foreign policy in the Middle East. And I think we've seen how terrible that has worked out for America. So I I thought it was Hmm. interesting that's a very that good he point. had kind of, you know, a, a similar thing. And I, I think part of that is the director or writer or whoever came up with that plot, you know, did that on purpose because we, we know that that's going to fail, basically. Actually, no. I mean, when you basically have the equivalent of like a bazooka, that's something you can hold in the palm of your hand. That sounds actually pretty effective. So <laughs> I don't know, like those Wakandan weapons, holy smokes. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like in, in the real world parallel here, you know, when America armed Middle Eastern rebels and stuff, of course, the weapons we give them work. What doesn't pan out is our plan for what happens after. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, yeah. I don't I don't yeah. think he had. I think he had. I mean, he was a real revenge focused character, so I don't think he was thinking about long term governing or how do I pull all of these nation states together that form after. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he also burned all the uh, the heart shaped herbs that they used to get mm. the Black Panther 
powers yeah. for future kings. So clearly the future was not much of his consideration. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want someone to challenge him yeah. and take over or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. From beginning to end, Black Panther is just filled with amazing moments. So I'm wondering what some of yours are. Tim, what do you think? Favorite moments? So I already mentioned the casino scene, which I felt like was the best action scene in the movie. Yes. And the uh, the car chase that happens immediately after it was also great. Uh, a highlight of the car chase for me is when Okoye threw her spear through the car in front of her. So that it would bury into the street <laughs> and stop the car. <laughs> like, that was awesome. That um, was badass. Both of the waterfall fight scenes were also really cool. Um, yeah, I, I have. And then I think the probably the, the best moment for me was when Killmonger is basically about to die and T'Challa is telling him like there's still time we can probably save you um, I totally thought that he was not going to die then and I'm like oh he's going to be a yeah, character in this universe yeah. he's going to be a good guy and, and then he mm. drops probably the best like last line of a villain in a movie I've seen probably in a long time and that's you know no um, bury me with my ancestors in the ocean who knew that uh, death was better than bondage and then pulls the spear out of himself, so he'll die. <laughs> like, that was so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was the most powerful character yeah. death, I think, in a Marvel movie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. John? Okay, so a couple things. And I'm also going to go over some something I didn't didn't like about the movie. Because I think that there are a couple couple aspects of the movie that I didn't that I that I that I thought could have been done maybe a little bit better. But firstly, I think that it was cool that we have Bilbo Baggins and Smeagol in this movie. And so <laughs> the part where after the um the casino scene where Bilbo Baggins, they're talking to him as as an FBI agent, which is awesome to see Bilbo like show up in these movies, you know. They were the Tolkien white guys. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. I like that. I like that. They were, actually. So um, the interaction with Bilbo and Okoye was really fun, where he's like, you know, talking to both of them and being just kind of a prick. And then she wants to kill him, which I think is hilarious. And she's like, she's like, does she speak English? And she's like, she speaks English, but she wants to. Oh, it was so funny. I loved it. Um and then uh, I think Black Panther just tracking down Claw was a lot of fun because he's having such a fun time being evil. And then he was like saying, baby, don't hurt me, saying it to them when he was in the chair. It just reminded me <laughs> of the Joker, but more, way more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so those scenes were really fun. And I kind of my, my only critique of the movie in general isn't any of the character stuff. It isn't it isn't actually anything more than. I think we're noticing now that um, there are so many special effects movies out now that um, I read an article that basically said that they had to pull 25 different special effects companies to finish this movie. And I believe it because there's like a bunch of superhero movies coming out. There's Star Wars movies. There's like all these movies that demand all this visual effects. And I think one aspect of the movie that wasn't super hot was some of the CG in this movie. 
Like when their characters are jumping around, it just seems kind of fake some of the time. I don't think it really makes the movie bad. It's just something I noticed. I'm like, oh, that's clearly CG or whatever. Um, And again, I think it's just a product of either the timing for the movie. They wanted it out a little bit. They wanted to sort of push the effects a little bit or the fact that there's just so much demand for this in Hollywood that you need to pull together 25 companies and they're going to be 25 different sets of abilities. You know what I mean? Or well, more than that, because there's like teams of 20 people trying to work on one shot or whatever. So so I think that's just my biggest critique of the movie was the special effects and just some of the digital effects for some of the characters. Just not not the greatest But um, this is such a well-crafted film. I don't think that's a huge criticism. I just don't think it's going to age very well because when I was watching it now, I was just like, eh, you know, I kind of saw some of the seams there. But um, yeah. I didn't pay any attention to the special effects throughout because I guess so I guess that's a good thing for me I didn't really yeah, notice it seems them. like it worked really but well for you. Yeah, I yeah. did. Uh, yeah. Speaking of the special effects, I love the effects of um remotely driving cars like the the i don't know what material kind of builds up for you to sit down and drive and nanobots they yeah. they just sort of wave their hands at some of that stuff yeah, i think it was yeah. like nanobots or but you know, that effect was really effective huh? mm-hmm. that would pun not intended but <laughs> yeah that sure it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> waka waka and also i really liked the 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 big kind of fake out i guess when you know i thought claw was going to be the main villain and then all of a sudden you see killmonger kill him and like whoa shit what's going on Uh, they kind of switched up who was going to be the main villain on you midway through the movie and i thought that was really effective and unexpected in a good way i agree i i did not think they were going to kill off andy circus's character at all and it kind of bummed me out because I always like seeing him in those mm-hmm. movies. And I just thought, oh, wow, here's going to be a recurring minor bad guy that will show up and just be annoying. And then they just pop him off right the, right there. And he's he's totally dead. Like, he's a part of the plot. Being yeah. dead is part of the plot. Like, there's no way oh, yeah. they're bringing it back. <laughs> no. But, like, um, I don't know. It's a little sad because it just he's so much fun. It's like, um, but... You know, I mean, it's like just like Ryan Johnson. They can't keep, you know, they kill him off quick. You know what I mean? So I just wonder if we're watching the the la- last Jedi spoilers, by the way. But like <laughs> if you're watching the last Jedi, like who dies faster, Snoke or uh, Claw? I wonder. I don't even know. And it's Andy Serkis in both cases. I know. It's exactly right. <laughs> he or, dies or like, Andy Serkis. I know. He dies like right in the middle of the movie on both. So I wonder who dies first. I don't even know. Don't even know. Good question. No, I think those are the the big standouts that I had, and the one that I mentioned before, which was like toward the very end, where you see, in just in a couple of seconds, that all the tribes are back together again, which I thought was really effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happens now determines what happens to the rest of the world. So, this uh, Black Panther kind of deviated a bit from the formula of Marvel movies as we talked about before and that we didn't have a ton of major characters intersecting with each other in this movie but I just wanted to see what you guys thought about Black Panther's place in the whole Marvel universe and how it will inform everything else John what do you think so I think this movie actually is a prequel to 
um, the Infinity War movie. Now, hear me out, okay? This is just a theory. I have no clue what's going to happen in that next movie. But we're basically going to get Thanos, right, who joins. Now you're getting the, and I believe, the as and the end of Ragnarok, the Asgardians are on their way to Earth. So you're getting two technically advanced races to help, right? I think the Asgards, the Asgardians... Then yeah, you've got Asgardians. all and, and then you've got right. Then you've got all of the, you know, enhanced people and all that kind of thing. And then you've got Wakanda, who's pretty much OP as hell. Like, I think that's going to be the mixture to take down Thanos. I don't see any other way around. And I think Wakanda, if it wasn't for them, I think they're setting them up to be like a big piece of Infinity War. Um, because if you look at the trailer and I didn't quite get it until I watched the movie, but like the Wakandans, Black Panther and the, and the Avengers are all running with like, you know, together and, uh, it makes sense too. So I think that they're going to poise them as like the reason, like how earth can even defend itself even a little bit. So that's kind of how I think that it places itself in the Marvel universe as the way that we get into infinity war. Um, also Ragnarok too, just like in the way that I said, but I think that it cozy. I, I think it sets a new tone and pace for all the other Marvel movies. I think what we're going to see is, you know, as we had like the first MCU part with like, um, which focused mostly on um, Iron Man. I think what we're going to see is this new era of, the MCU focus on Black Panther. And I'm not sure who else is going to be like the focus of it. I'm not even sure the Avengers are going to be a huge focus of it. Maybe Um, some Avengers might continue. I'm not sure exactly who they might. I don't know. I I don't know. They're going to wipe them all out. I don't even know if, if Tony Stark goes out, which a lot of people are theorizing that he will, yeah. Then Wakanda could be could kind of step in and take some of the roles he had in making the tech for other people, like making the new Spidey suit or whatever. Yeah, and I mean I clearly they're way more advanced than he is yeah. <laughs> by a lot. Yeah. So I kind of think so. Um and I wonder if Marvel's going to put Wakanda and Black Panther at the center of the MCU now. I, I kind of think they might actually. Um, I think Cap, depending on what happens in the next movie, might still lead it, maybe. But I wonder if they're just going to focus on entirely new characters moving forward. That's what I'm curious about. You know what I mean? If it's going to be Doctor Strange, if it's going to be Black Panther, if it's going to be, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp and all that kind of thing. And then the old the other characters. I don't know. Are they going to keep going? I'm not sure. I just don't know. But I don't know. I don't know. But I think they might. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I don't know. Although I will say that um, Black Panther has made me more interested in kind of the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe after, you know, the planned Avengers movies. Not that I was, you know, not looking forward to them, but it's just we've had so many Marvel movies and I was afraid about fatigue. And, you know, after these next two Avengers movies, we don't know what's going to happen with the original actors and cast members. There's probably going to be some of the older characters, you know, more or less leaving the the franchise. But uh, yeah, the the Black Panther gave me hope that there's going to be exciting new characters coming in that will kind of fill that void. 
Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I could definitely see Wakanda filling that uh, Stark Industries hole in the MCU if Tony Stark is no longer a part of it. Um, definitely developing the tech, and it'll be interesting to see because you know, uh, if Iron Man stays around, he's gonna want to try and get some vibranium and do cool and interesting things with it. Um, He'll want a vibranium Iron Man suit or something. Absolutely, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I think it's safe to say that uh, uh, Bucky is going to be getting a vibranium arm. <laughs> yeah. Since he's hanging out in Wakanda now. That's right. Uh, he was one of the two post-credits. What was the first one? The first one was them at the UN yeah. Um, yeah. saying, hey, you know, we're like a, a country <laughs> now, you know, that has like tech. And then the other one was the Winter Soldier. Apparently, how I read that scene mm-hmm. is like his brain is all fixed like they fixed him up entirely yeah they didn't outright say it but it was pretty heavily implied yeah yeah and there was yeah. like some foreshadowing to that earlier on in the movie when um martin freeman's character who i'm blanking on right now they bring him into wakanda and letitia says oh another white boy to fix so yeah but <laughs> oh i didn't yeah. even get how oh, you're totally right yeah. I, I, okay and okay we, i walked out of the theater and like five minutes later like Oh, she was talking about Bucky. <laughs> oh, yeah. man, that's awesome. Plus, in uh, Civil War, when they put him under in Wakanda, they basically said, yeah, we're, we're going to put him into suspended animation until we know how to fix him. Mm-hmm. So then when you see him, you know, oh, I forgot very much that. unfrozen okay. at the end of this one. I mean, that's pretty much implying that they fixed him. So and it cool. sets him up. Yeah, to, I forgot about that. Say. You know, it sets him up to possibly take over as Captain America, which I think happened in the comics bucky barnes was captain america for a while so if yep if they go that route uh uh, the falcon has been captain america in the comics too so that's another possibility Ah, that they could do if uh if you know this version of captain america uh bites it you know in infinity war or something (laughs) um yeah okay so since we're talking about black panther's place in the marvel universe I wanted to see if you guys uh, agree with this. I am theorizing that the meteor that crashed into Wakanda was carrying the last Infinity Stone, which I think Whoa. would be the, the Soul Stone Whoa. that we were. Because that's the so only one that's some, unaccounted maybe for. They're, maybe like in the next movie, they're like digging and they find something. Is that what you're thinking about? I, and I Yeah, and I think that's what's going to bring Thanos oh. to Wakanda. Because we know from the previews that there's a big battle that happens there. Yeah, I, that's my theory is that, you know, that's, that's why, why he comes to Earth in the first place. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, there's already a couple infinity stones on Earth. So he's oh, that's coming right. here. There's the one that's in the vision. It, it, I yeah. bet the the um whatever the cube thing that uh, Loki what has. The, yeah, the cubes Ragnarok. with Loki. Um, There was the one with the collector, the the red one that uh, was introduced in Thor Dark World. Right. Then Doctor Strange has the time gym. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Where's the other ones? <laughs> um, Vision. Vision has one. Yeah. So there's like possibly three on Earth. Well, so they're Thanos all of them. Up, coming. So they're all on Earth, but one, basically, if that's what you're saying. You're just saying the collector has one and every other one is on Earth. Then. Well, uh, Loki has the other one. And well, it'll be yeah. on Earth. Well, OK, well, well it's yeah. implied, like, I guess, in one of the post credits that rag uh that thanos's ship stops yeah the so Asgardian thanos probably has you know one maybe two if he already has the one that the collector 
you know, had in his stash. He probably collects that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's my theory. And that's also my theory about why the heart-shaped herbs, like, let the Black Panther see into, like, basically, like, the spirit world. Oh! Because if the Infinity Stone that's under there is the Soul Gem, which I, I think that's the one that's unaccounted for oh my god this is that a would, really good that would theory. explain it so that's that's my theory you heard it here first, first folks <laughs> probably not i i would bet money somebody else has put that out on the internet i haven't really looked for it but I, i'll claim credit for it <laughs> it's a theory of a film, film theory, theory. <laughs> yeah man totally no that's cool man and probably you should have yeah. written the script it's good <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think I should be writing movie scripts, but I'll I'll put out a few fan theories once in a while. So, to wrap things up, we're gonna go around and say what we think this movie gets on the ghost scale. Is it a skip it, meh, rad, or must watch? John, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a must watch. Uh, maybe not if you don't want to go to the movie theater, I totally understand. I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't always love doing that either, but I think you definitely should watch this movie. I think that just because of, um, just how just the characters that it, just the characters in the movie are so much fun and just the movie's such a fun ride. You know what I mean? I don't think it's just a good superhero movie. I think it's a really good movie in general. Um, and outside of that, and clearly audiences have been, have been really enjoying it. So it's a lot of fun, you know, and I really recommend that you check it out um, because I don't think it requires much prior understanding of MCU movies. It, it actually explains what happened in, uh, in civil war. It, 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 you know, uses flashbacks to, to figure that all, all that stuff out. But yeah, um, it's definitely a must-watch, I would say, very much. Tim? Definitely a must-watch. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's a must-watch. I think we could have just made this a one-option poll for this movie, but <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the, like you guys have said, it's a great place to jump off if, if you have no idea what's been happening in the mcu up till now it's it works well by itself it works great with every all the other movies and characters plot it was all like i i can't even think of any way any suggestions at all to change this movie i wouldn't want to change it it's great all around Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com, and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show, and thanks for listening.